Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Near side, they'll have Laporta and Jones. Goodson to the left of Petrus. Third and goal, six and a half. Petrus goes back, has a pocket, runs out of time, and down he goes. Arnold Evacati off the edge with the sack back at the 17-yard line. What an important stand this has been. Petrus takes the snap on a straight drop. Back, pocket collapses, being chased. Down he goes. Curtis Jacobs back at the 22-yard line. Laporta comes in motion toward us, now sets up as a fullback. Play action fake. Petrus quick pop for Lachey. Intercepted by Brisker. Brisker at the 40-yard line as it went off the right hand of Lachey. And Brisker gets his second interception of the year, the fifth of his career. And Penn State gets it right back. Too far side, too near side. Clifford back, quarterback draw, up the middle, to the five, to the goal line. Touchdown, Penn State. The Nittany Lions cash in the Brisker interception and take a 10-point lead. Chris Stahl will snap it. Raphael Checker will put it down. 32-yard attempt for Ash Jordan Stout. Good snap, put down. Kick by Stout is up. The kick by Jordan Stout is good. And the Nittany Lions expand their lead to 17-3 with 12.31 to go in the half. All set. They're ready. Stall, good snap, put down. Kick by Stout is on the way. The kick by Stout is good. And the Nittany Lions have a two-score lead, 20-10, with 6.40 to go in the third. Ivory Kelly Martin's the running back. Petrus will be in the gun. Two well, you got to, to watch Goodson out of the backfield on a certain play like this. Back to pass. Pressure. Throws near side. Knocked away by Presker and incomplete with incredible timing on the play. And Petrus was tagged. It's fourth down. Boy, outstanding range here by Brisker. They come with pressure. He ends up coming with our safety blitz that time. That's just great outstanding defense downfield. Petrus takes it back to pass. He has time. Pump fakes, trouble, hit, and down he goes. Daquan Hardy back at the 18-yard line. It's fourth and goal. Ivory Kelly Martin's the running there back. There he goes. Rolls right, looks. He'll keep it himself. Take it down for a loss on the play. The Nittany Lions will call the timeout. And one more time for Penn State, Jesse Lucetta. Yeah. Nine seconds left, fourth down, Penn State. Blitz coming from the outside. Roberson rolls near side, throws down the field. It's going to be incomplete, and Iowa's going to get the win they absolutely needed. We're not done. We're blessed to start the season 5-0, go undefeated. You know, we lost a tough one, a very close one. And, hey, there's plenty of football left to be played, and we're excited. Man, oh, man, that was a wild one on Saturday, to say the least, and a wild sports weekend in general. Welcome in to the Steve Jones Show. Macatrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. 
Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. All new pre-owned inventory, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. And every Monday show, brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury, or go to purdyinsurance.com. Home, auto, life, business, all your good insurance needs, all at Sunbury Motors, or excuse me, all at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury, or go to purdyinsurance.com. Before we get in, into a tough loss, I do want to thank everybody that came out to our tailgate slash watch party at Buffalo Wild Wings on Saturday. That was a lot of fun. Great to have all of our sports sponsors with us once again. It was good to see everybody there. Wish we would have had a better outcome, but we all had a lot of fun. We were able to give away some nice things, including some tickets to the Rutgers game in a couple weeks. So it was a good time, and I appreciate everybody coming out there to uh, Buffalo Wild Wings on Saturday, Steve. But obviously, it was, that was a tough one on Saturday. Yeah, so I mean, let's 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 get into a few things here. I know we're going to get Mark Wogenrich on, uh, and and talk with him. Uh, let's get to a few things. So before we get into the nuts and bolts of the game, uh, I, I want to dispel a few things. How about that? So let's do that. In other words, like. Like give some answers that I think people make assumptions on, and the assumptions aren't correct. Okay, but that's okay. That's why you have the show. The show allows you to do that. All right. So let's start with this. Uh, let's see. And you tell me if these are things that you haven't either heard or whatever, uh, Matt. So we'll start with this one. Uh, the backup quarterback doesn't get enough reps in practice. Have you heard that one? I haven't heard that, but I've I've heard a lot of he was not prepared and he's he's not good and James Franklin should have done something with the transfer portal and brought somebody more experienced in. All right. Okay. All right. So and I'll get to that in a second. Okay. Number one, he gets um, every head coach and influenced by the offensive coordinator. Each have their own way of how many reps they want to give quarterbacks. Some just want to give reps to two quarterbacks. Sometimes they'll give it to three. All right? And I think I'm trying to remember, Joe Moorhead would give a few reps to a three. I think Ricky Ronnie gave a few reps to a three. But Kirk Shiraka didn't want to do that. And for the most part, Mike likes to give reps to ones and twos once in a great while, maybe a three. Okay, I'm talking about once the season starts. I don't mean the preseason. Okay. All right, so now you get to this scenario. So he gets 40 to 50% of the reps in practice. Okay. Uh, he, he didn't, um, they were, he, he wasn't used to the noise. Now, I can assure you that I took my headsets off just at one point, just going to gauge for the noise. The noise in practice was louder than the than the noise in the stadium. And the last time they practiced with noise, oh, it was Friday. Okay. So that wasn't, you know, they were prepared for that. 
I don't really know how I can. And by the way, just so you know, Matt, we have a system here. It's called AnyDesk, and that allows me to see callers. So if callers want to call in, I can't see it uh, because it says that you've been using AnyDesk any now for more than 25 hours. Please note you you need a license for business and blah, 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 blah. So you're going to have to help me out on that because I won't be able to see any callers. Okay. okay. We'll try to work on that. Uh, it just It just... Well, somebody did something. Somebody paid a bill somewhere. There we go. Okay. So now I have it. There we go. All right. It. So that way, if somebody calls, I'll be able to see it. Before, it'd be like, ah, oh, see it? He blew off callers. If I can't see him, I don't know if you're there. <laughs> All right. Uh, he never works with the first-team offensive line. Right? Not true. There are moments during the course of a practice week, every practice week, where they mix and match offensive lines, where Sean works with the, quote, so-called backup group, and Taquan works with the so-called first group, and they'll mix and match. He never works with the first-team wideouts. No, nope, he works with the first-team wideouts all the time. And sometimes they'll be out there. Maybe it's the second group offensive line, but the first team wideouts. So they'll mix and match that, too. That way, everybody, you're trying to cover as many scenarios as possible. You're trying to cover as many scenarios as possible, if you can. Um, and so when it comes to stuff like that, you know, he wasn't prepared for the noise. No, nope, there was noise all week. And, mu- and more noise that actually was there on Saturday. And Saturday was loud. Practice was louder. right? So that was prepared for. Working with the first-team offensive line, every week he gets opportunities with the first-team offensive line. Wasn't used to working with first-team wideouts. No, but every week he gets the opportunity to work with the first-team wideouts. Just like Sean gets to work at times, you know, not often, but at times during a week with the second-team offensive line and the second-group wideouts because you just don't know what scenarios you're going to run into. All this stuff, they go through all these scenarios and prepare. Here's the other one. There should be plays in there that are specific for him. They do have plays in there specific for him. <laughs> okay? This, all right? And on the drive for the field goal, you saw a couple of those. All right? Okay. Now, look, he was 7-21. to 21. Could a couple of receivers, maybe one in particular, helped him out with a couple of catches that maybe would have helped him out confidence-wise? No question. Okay? No question. The, the false starts ended up, there were eight of them, were crushers. And I can't, and I cannot speak to silent count versus clap count. That I can't talk to. You'd have to ask a coach about that. I, I, I have no answer for that. Um, I mean, there was one. I mean, it, it it does so much in terms of changing the field position of the game. It was unreal. I'll give you one example uh, of one that it wasn't the offensive line. Boom! They're at the twenty-five yard line. I think Iowa just scored to make it twenty to sixteen. They kicked the field goal. Penn State gets the ball in a touchback at their own twenty-five. Okay. All right. Let's see what they can do. First play, run up the middle, Noah Kane over the 30, 32, 33. He picks up seven or eight, so it's going to either be a second and two, second and three, right around that neighborhood. Like, okay, it's a good start. False start. 
Well, where's the false start? You want to know where it was? You had two receivers lined up to the near side, and I'm not going to get into names. And one of them turned to the other one and said he was too far out, and he moved him over. He moved him over. Well, in the process of moving him over, the ball was snapped. But he just stayed where he was because they're 30 yards away. It had nothing to do with the play. Nothing to do with the play. Right? And that was the false start. Like, and it's the right call, by the way. It's not. It's the right call. It's like, okay. It's like little stuff like that where suddenly instead of a second and two or three, so let's just say second and three for the sake of it, you got first and 15. And, of course, the crowd goes crazier because it's a false start. You're like, eh. Penn State's average drive start in the second quarter was their own 13-yard line. Penn State's average drive start in the fourth quarter was their own 13-yard line. Taylor did a great job of punting. Now, what should not be understated is the great job Stout did. Stout kept at least getting the thing out of there, and Iowa kept starting on their side of the field. And Stout did a phenomenal job in that game. Of, of you know, Taylor gets a lot, gets justifiably so much credit for knocking the ball down inside the ten repeatedly. But Stout did a great job of doing the best he could to somehow get. Okay. The problem was Penn State couldn't get any first downs outside of the one drive, where all of a sudden, boom, you drive it. Even with a couple of first downs, you're out at the 45, 46-yard line. Now Stout can pin them down and maybe change the field position. Because the Iowa offense, for the most part, most of the day have been controlled. If I'm Jeff Brom, the coach of Purdue, I don't want to look at any tape except for one. I want to look at the first 18 minutes of the Penn State-Iowa game and ask myself, why did Penn State score 17 points in 18 minutes? What did they do? Because Penn State had Iowa confused. And I mean, you could see, Iowa was confused by what was going on. When Roberson came in, and this is, again, I'm just using that as a reference point. The dynamics for Iowa changed, and it allowed them with two and a half quarters to go for Kirk Ferentz to play the way he really had hoped to play. Can we get into a field position game? Can we shorten our field? Because with a long field, Iowa was not going to win the game. They're not, they, they're not good with a long field offensively. Just not. They just don't have the, the chops to, to play long field football. No way. And in the first... 18 minutes of the game, guess what Iowa was doing? Ah, playing long field football. Okay? They have to have short field. A little bit of, you know, keep that margin, right? And you just felt as the game was going, and I made the comment a couple times to Jack in the third and fourth quarter, said you could feel with each possession the margin of error was getting thinner and thinner and thinner. Now, as for the transfer of quarterbacks... Can I talk about that after the break? Yeah, let's do that. If that's okay with you. Yeah, so let's just take the break. I'll talk about transfer quarterbacks in a moment because in this world, just remember, right? And really, this motto started with the suit. I mean, he, I, yeah, how many times have we heard him say, I ain't starting, I'm departing? Right? And there's been so many times everybody in the station has been tempted to demote him to second string. Back with more in a moment. <laughs> 
On News Radio 1070 WKOK brought to you by Purdy Insurance. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Small. 10 of 11 on the year. From 28 yards away for an Aggie upset win. And it's good. He got it. Happily pay the fine that's probably upcoming for what just happened tonight. I think you could call that a signature win for Jimbo Fisher. Absolutely. Yes, it is. All right, very... Uh... Texas A&M is a good place to start here. Texas A&M had the great win. Great win over Alabama Saturday night. And they did so with, right? Who'd they do it with? Their backup quarterback, right? Okay. So far, so good? That's right. Wow. And how did the backup quarterback do the first two games? I'm guessing not as good. (laughs) He couldn't get out of his own way. Remember, they lost to Arkansas. Remember that? At Jerry World 10-7. And then they lost to Mississippi State last week. They couldn't generate any offense. Right. Right? Now in his third start, to his credit, in his third start, settled in a little bit. A little more used to the speed of the game. He puts together a signature performance. But against Arkansas... And against Mississippi State, the Texas A&M offense, which looked pretty good in the opener with their starter, really struggled with the backup, the, the, the end of the one game and then the next two starts. To the point, it was like, yikes. We'll get into the transfer part of it. I'm sorry, we just didn't have enough time to do it, but I do want to get into why not bring in a transfer quarterback, which I completely understand why that question's being asked. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto home life business, boat, motorcycle, whatever it may be, suit insurance. It's all at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. 
SI.com. Very pleased to bring in from SI.com, a highly respected, especially by me, Mark Wogenrich. Sir, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me, Steve. Happy bye week. Yeah, happy bye week. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, well, somebody said, what does bye week mean to you? I said, well, I stacked a quart of wood last night. I got one more to go. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so I'm tired. Uh, Mark, your thoughts on let, let's start with the first 18 minutes. If you're Jeff Brom of Purdue, who's Iowa's next opponent, how badly are you aching to see that first 18 minutes? Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Are you thinking, I mean, we, we might catch these uh, uh, yeah, how, how does Jeff Brom of Purdue scout that game? Because how does he choose what is actually the reality of that football game? If, if that makes sense, that first 18 minutes I, I, you're going through it is like, and we are, we can attack this team. You know, we can attack this defense the way Penn State is doing it. And then you look at the other 32 and say, that's, that is not how we want to play them. So, absolutely. That, I, I don't know that I've seen a game um, change on a dime like that. Yeah. Yeah, because look, uh, to be honest with you, the Iowa defense. No offense, Mark. Penn State kind of did to them offensively what I thought they would do in the first 18 minutes. I mean, I yeah, really, I was not yeah. surprised by what I was watching. The one thing I thought going in is, I mean, you know, going into that game on Friday, we had so much. Um, our storylines were, were defense, defense, special teams, field position, kickers, punters, that sort of thing. And I thought this is going to be, who who is the edge offensively? Because ultimately yeah. I thought that was going to be, Dictated if you were going to be able to play a clean offensive game that moved the ball and didn't commit any issues. And even Penn State still, with two turnovers, scored on its other three possessions and had the better offense, had the better offensive play calling. And overall, it was just was was moving better and moving at a, at a better pace. And I think um, doing what it wanted to do more than what Iowa did. Like those first couple of series, Iowa seemed to give away plays on third down. Yeah. Uh, to me, I, you know, threw a couple out of bounds. Um, Spencer Petras almost, you know, they were almost give-up plays in a sense because of the, the, the pressure that Penn State's defense was, was bringing. I don't think, I don't think I'm alone. I, I know I'm not alone in thinking this, but that game continues as, as it does with the help of Sean Clifford and it doesn't. So I don't want to pick anything because I'm not. The, the, I don't want to be like that person. That well, if this, you know, if if this play doesn't happen, everything else is going to happen exactly the same way after that, which is never the case. Right. But I still think that sure. game is, is a 14 point victory for Penn State right. if it continues on that same course. So then, after that happens, so that's 18 minutes down, still 42 to play. It felt like the next 42 minutes was played the way Kirk Ferentz was begging for it to be played mm-hmm. because he has spent most of his career winning that way. Is that fair? Oh, when you're, yeah, absolutely. When Penn State's average starting field position, field position I think on those 10 take Wander Overson drives was the 16-yard line. And yeah. four, four, five inside the 10? Five inside the ten. Yeah. The the average drive start yeah. in the second quarter was the thirteen. The average drive start no. in the fourth quarter was the thirteen. Yeah. 
And then the last two, obviously, at eight, you know, at the eight-yard line, the one at the two-yard right. line, that's what it, you know. Absolutely. He played it. There was no more, I think there was no more indication that he was playing the game that he wanted to play. And the fact that with two minutes left, he had his, you know, instruct his quarterback to take knees, make Penn State burn their final timeout and punt from the 50, you know, from inside Penn State territory, from the 50-yard line with a three-point lead. They weren't up 10. They were not up two scores. I mean, Penn State, you know, with even with 40 seconds left, you know, what if the um, what if what if what if what if the unthinkable happened and uh, you know a, a defender falls down, a receiver gets free, right. there's a pass interference, okay. there's you know, yep. you know, take one Robertson completes a 25 yarder with a defender falling down and then he gets hit and then all of a sudden you're at the 50 yard line, mm-hmm. you know. They were willing to, you know, he was still playing. I mean, that was kind of the, the quintessence of Kurt Ferentz football right there. Um, yep. That he had the belief, you know, absolutely that his punter and his defense were going to do it. Right. Uh, and, again, it's like that part fell into place because his punter, Taylor, let's give him credit, he kept knocking that ball down inside the 10, which was phenomenal work by him. Conversely, nobody talks about the job Stout did. Stout could have at least driving the thing out. <laughs> I, mean, I give him credit for that. But Penn State yeah. couldn't get. But Penn State couldn't get first downs. And I've used this example a couple of times. I want to know what you think of it, Mark. This kind of like is the essence in some ways of what happened. They started the twenty-five after the field goal to make it twenty to sixteen. The first play is Noah Kane up the middle gets seven, almost eight yards on the play. So you got about second two, second and three. But on the outside, 25, 30 yards away from the play, one of the wideouts told the other wideout to move over a few feet to be in the right spot, and so he did. But in the process of doing it, was moving when the ball was snapped, and they got a false start, start and now yep. it's first and 15. Now, exactly. That series, I mean, that series, that whole series to me, ultimately defined the game because of the false start issues. Yeah. Kirk Ferentz was able to take, except the um, the chop lock penalty. That's a fourth yeah. down. Uh, yeah. I think under under a lot of other situations, maybe, coaches are just like declining that, making them punt. Well, Kirk Ferentz says, no, I'm going to turn you. It's going to be third and 25. Yeah. And your propensity is to make them third and 30. And you just, yeah. you mentioned... You mentioned Jordan Stout. The margin of error, you know, for Penn State at that point was zero. And then that's – yeah, so at that point, Jordan Stout punting from the end zone hits a 38-yarder, not his best punt of the game. The next play, you know, the week before, how many times did James Franklin say play action during that week? I mean, on Tuesday, his, you know, his news conference on Tuesday, and he said, we've got to be ready for play action, play action, play action. And yep, what was the first yep. down play? I mean that yeah. their window was so it was so slim at that point where they were, and it was just you know that sequence of kind of like four plays in a row. Um, you're when you're clinging, uh, they, they you know all yeah. three all three phases right there within like 45 seconds. Um, yep. Turn the game around. Yeah, there's no doubt uh, about that, and you know. And the funny thing is, and I mean, it's not like Taquan never works with the first offensive line. You know, he, mm-hmm. not, not tons, but he does. He works with the first team wideouts. He worked with noise. Uh, but again, he had acreage in front of him. I mean, one of the few times he had good field position was the third quarter. 
and they got a field goal out of it, where he yeah. actually had, you know, was able to maybe comfortably operate in what he could do. It's one of the few times that he had that kind of field position to work with. I think sometimes the expectation, coaches absolutely have it, and fans absolutely have it, but they have to know. I think coaches have it on the back of their mind. Next man up, yeah, it it works. <laughs> I think it works in a lot of situations, but when you're, you're you're dropping a quarter, you know he was pushed out of an airplane basically, right there with a with a parachute and said, "All right, go to it." And, you know, as much I think it hurt very much for Penn State to lose PJ Mustaver on defense. Yes, no I mean, question. That's a huge, huge, huge loss. No um, question. But the guys behind, you know, Devon Ellis and Tilly, and then he got hurt, you know, and then Kazai Izzard, they were able to compensate better on defense. Um, yeah. Just I think just the nature of you know nature of the position, losing a nose tackle as opposed to putting a quarterback who has you know played a handful of snaps and thrown about ten passes in his career to drop him on the twenty yard line at, at Kinnick Stadium in that situation. Um, next man up, like I said, next man up is is um, it's it's a viable statement, but. Yes. But man, it's just in reality, it's so it's so amazingly difficult. And and he, you know, what he had to what he had you know what he had to dodge and duck and go through there, um, we, you know, without having a real functioning run game to to kind of help him out. I think you know, could the coaches have done done right by him by maybe just seeing him struggle using more of the clock? This kind of stuff that I, I ask these questions. I'm not, yeah. you know, I I don't know the answers to them because, you know, their game plan in in trying to stick with Taekwon and stick with and stick with Taekwon in an offense that he knows as well as yeah. you're trying to keep being that aggressive point. Could they have made other decisions? I don't. Yeah, that's a hindsight issue, but uh, you know, looking at in in that in that moment. Those are just all kinds yeah. of complicated things factoring in. Yeah, here, yeah, here's a, here's one that's a tough one because during a commercial break, Jack Ham and I debated this a bit. It was right mm-hmm. after Penn State uh, got the field goal in the third quarter, and they had a nice rhythm and they moved and they did some tempo on that, right? Yeah, and it worked. And, I mean, they got when right. he got a little, yeah, got a little uh, head start. He, he was moving the ball a little bit. And so Jack looked over at me and he says, he says. He said, do you think he said maybe they ought to milk the clock more? And I said, I said, technically, I said, I get exactly what you're saying. And then I pointed to the Iowa sideline. I said, and if you were them, what would you expect Penn State to do? He said, I'd expect them to milk the clock. He said, I wouldn't I wouldn't have expected tempo. And you could tell Iowa didn't expect tempo and they Penn State got a field goal out of it. So I mean, it's like there's that there's that there's that catch twenty two there, and then that that was a point where it worked. I mean, but now I understand the point of like, okay, the backups of the game milk the clock, the whole thing. Uh, but that's what I was expecting you to do. Yeah, and and you know, milking the clock, milk, not milking the clock. They still weren't gaining the yard, so you're still yeah. in the field position battle. Right. So maybe, just a maybe uh, that's the thing. You're trying to dig yourself out of that field position thing, where every drive that he's at, you know, like I said, you know, 16 yard line. Is average that maybe if you run that tempo like you did with that field goal possession, you can maybe flip that field just once. Yeah, and that you know maybe that's the difference that gives your defense a better chance to hold, and that Iowa doesn't get the ball at the fifty and the forty-four in the fourth quarter and able to is able to turn it into ten points. 
the way I, no. at the end of the game, the last call of the game I made is that Iowa gets the win they needed. Right? Because, and the reason I said that was this. There is no other game after this, except for the Big Ten championship game, where they could have made up for a loss to Penn State. I mean, there's nothing there that's like mm-hmm. a, like one of those like, oh, whoa, hey, that puts them right back in the race. Conversely, Penn State has that on its schedule. Is that how you look at it? That they've yeah, got other I mean, yeah, I even wrote that last week that I said this is a this is a this is a high pri- high impact game, a high like priority game that doesn't necessarily have the stakes we really necessarily want to attach to it because of where Penn State is in its schedule, playing a crossover. And then having Ohio State and, and now Michigan and Michigan State right. still there. I, I, you know, nothing really happened aside from the injury to Sean Clifford and the injuries, really. Um, nothing necessarily that happened. The result of that game, I don't think, makes much of it. You know, it doesn't factor into Penn State's um, what what remains for the rest of the season? You know their mission statement for the rest of the season. It's the injuries coming out of it that are absolutely right. the primary. You know the primary thing. You know had they lost? You know even you know had Sean been able to play the full game and they lose twenty six twenty three? I don't think it would have made necessarily much difference. Even if you're looking at the college football mm-hmm. playoff um, committee, who takes things like that into consideration? Now yeah. they won't. Their rankings won't come out until after. Um, Penn State visits Ohio State, so that right. result is still hanging out there. But I think that certainly, if there was if there was a committee, you know, ranking meeting this weekend, and they were putting out um, your rankings Tuesday, I think that definitely would would be uh, most certainly into their uh, their debate and saying, well, Penn State lost a starting quarterback. They've mentioned that before, so yeah, right. absolutely. Penn State, you know, at Penn State at eleven and one, potentially having a rematch with Iowa, right. Oh yeah, yeah. And wouldn't that be That's, intriguing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be intriguing That's with half the stadium, with half the stadium having Penn State fans in there? That yeah. would be very intriguing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you want to go into a bye week with a win, which I brought up. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I brought up the James, and he said I'd like to go into a bye week with a win. But what do you think about the timing of the bye week for Penn State? Oh well, it's even more important. <laughs> You know, it's even more important now with the injuries. Yeah. Um, not knowing, you know, obviously just not knowing the extent of them. I, I You know, a bye week, I think coaches probably would like the idea. They, they really like that split. So you get six and six, so you play six, you know six. You're not going, you're not playing nine weeks, you're not playing seven weeks, you're not playing three or five weeks, and then, right. you know, having the unbalance. But after this result and knowing that you uh, – you know, if you're able to get some guys back um, for Illinois, and then if not, if you're able to just ride um, the elements that you have through that game, yeah. I mean, Illinois, what, 93 yards of offense getting shut yeah. out by Wisconsin? Right. Not saying that that's, you know, you know, every game, every game matters and you can't push anybody over, but if you nope. look like you can strip down, you know, strip down your, uh, your offense for parts, and know that uh, these are the things you can do to beat a team like that. Yeah, that uh, this is perfectly placed for Penn State. The bye week. Always a pleasure, my friend. Appreciate you. You know that. Absolutely appreciate you too, Steve. See you in a week, Mark. Yeah. yeah.
See you in a couple of weeks, my friend. Mark Wogenrich, what great work he does at SI.com. Always gives great, even-handed perspective on the game. Always does. All right. But we want to hear your perspective of the game as well. Uh, and our phone lines are always open. Uh, in fact, we'll give you Matt's cell. Oh, wait. No, we're not supposed to say that. Yeah, sorry about that. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. I mean, this is the guy that texted me yesterday. I may or may not have just tackled Lisa to the ground on the interception. Oh, just, my almighty! I, 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 uh, it's sad. <laughs> who, who do they have this week? Uh, Brady in the Bucks on Thursday night. <laughs> Oh, you're going to get crushed. Uh, yeah, probably. Wow. Huh. I mean, you might get crushed with Blaine Gabbert. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. The weather is getting cooler and the leaves are changing in central PA. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. If your current agent is falling short, it's time to give Purdy Insurance a call. We're a local, family-owned, independent agency ready to find the right insurance to fit your needs. You can call us at 570-286-5855, stop in our office on Market Street in Sunbury, or head to our website at purdyinsurance.com to find out what we can do for you. Eagles going to have a shot. Jalen Hurts getting it back. Oh, it's blocked! The Eagles on special teams, the play of the day! T.J. Edwards blocks the punt. Straight ahead, it's Hurts pulling left side. He's in. The Eagles take the lead with 2.38. Darnold, sideline. It is picked off. Steven Nelson, the third interception of the day. You, sir, are my hero. Well, that should do it for the Eagles' wins this year. Enjoy it. It's a good win for them yesterday. Very good win. Especially the fact they had to come from behind to do it. I'll be honest with you. Do you want to know how much NFL football I watched yesterday? I'm going to get the feeling that's zero. I saw half of the second quarter of the Chiefs-Bills game. That was it. I mean, I know it started in the morning with the with the Jets and the Falcons, which I evidently, like people in England said, don't bring it back. Uh, but, you know. <laughs> uh, but, no, I got up yesterday. I did a couple of update shows on the network, which you heard at 3.08 was the Monday one, obviously. And uh, I'm somebody, uh, I ran off all the Penn State numbers, all the Illinois numbers, which is still sitting there. I haven't done anything with it yet. Because Illinois is a buy this week, too. I'm somebody that goes to Mass on Sunday, so I did. When I was done, I came back. I cut the lawn. Then I had a cord of wood sitting in my driveway. The guy texted me during the game, do you mind if I drop it off? Like it, it comes up on my iPad. Jack looks over at me. He goes, no, you got to get the cord. <laughs> he says, it's going to be cold. He says, you need the cord of wood. I said, I know I do. I said, well... I said, yeah. He said, well, will you meet me in the driveway? And I said, I can't. I'm in Iowa broadcasting the game. And he texted me, 
Oh, you're that guy. <laughs> so I stacked the quarter wood yesterday, too. <laughs>